Hi. Hello, room one, and happy anniversary. I'm super happy. We made it a whole year, and it's pretty amazing. There's so much content loaded up on this website, and we have a virtual assistant now, and we are like streamlining, and it's very, very exciting. So thank you so much to everybody who really has made this community possible. And I don't know, it's so awesome to see these changes that I'm experiencing in my own life pretty much on a daily basis. And I hope that all of these um, concepts and this thought work, I, I really hope it's transforming your lives. So today will be a little bit of a different format. We'll do some coaching um, in, in a little bit if anybody wants to, but I wanted to kind of take a breath and start at the beginning. And um, so the first thing I wanted to do was say hello and thank you. The second thing is to go ahead and share my screen because I wanted to take people through the different websites that we have going because it can be a bit confusing. And some of the feedback is that like people don't know how to navigate the website. So I'm just going to take a couple minutes and point out some features here that I hope will be clarifying. And then also warn you that we're in the process of trying to kind of streamline everything to one title, one message, one site. And that is a process that'll take place over the course of the next um, two to three months. So for now, everything will be as is. And I want everybody to understand how to use this website. So this is just the Common Thread homepage. As you all know, Common Thread is kind of what we call that Facebook group, um, which was the beginning of this community. And then the thing that kind of sprouted out of Common Thread was our little coaching membership. So if you go to the Common Thread homepage, you'll notice this navigation bar at the top right-hand corner. So you can come just get some uh, basic information about coaching. And then there's a room one tab. So you can always, if you're a room one member, you can always come to the room one tab and get to the room one homepage. You can get to our audio and video if you're um, looking to listen back after the fact. There's the events page, which is just um, what's coming up. And then the private podcast. So if you needed to get your feed um, information for the private podcast, you can get that there. Also at the bottom right-hand corner of every single page of um, this entire thing is going to have your account for room one. So you can always click on that and you can see what plan you have. You can, if you want to cancel, if you want to view the plan, you can basically do all of that right here. There's no penalty for anything. So if, um, if you're kind of wanting to weave this in and out of your life, you can navigate all of that by th this little billing box, and then you can do whatever you want with your profile. But that should be on every page. So I'm going to just take us to the room one homepage here. And this is the private membership here. So only members will have access to this page. There's a video 
that you can click on here. If you ever need a little refresher on what's happening with this website, you can always watch that. Whoops. Hello. You can always um, watch that video there. If you just continue to scroll down, you'll be able to find all of our events. Um, each month we'll have a little thumbnail. And then you should also be able to get to a source um, Zoom link. So you should be able to just click right on that, right in the calendar. Um, and then if you keep scrolling down, you'll have blog of the month. Um, BOTM is blog of the month. We were doing some blogging more regularly and that kind of will sometimes peak and then will recede and then peak and recede. And so there are some blogs in there. If you have just, if you'd rather read to consume some of this content that's available, there's a, an account again, that will take you to that same um, account page I just showed you. Watch and listen is just for you to watch back uh, the audio that we have, or if you want to um, watch the coach, we don't really ever have the clients on there, but the coach sometimes has some um, models that might be available either on the whiteboard, uh, on the share screen, or even like a, a whiteboard kind of behind us. Ask a coach is a feature that you can go to and um, just type in information, like anything that's on your mind. If you don't feel comfortable bringing up in a group coaching session or just have curiosities, questions here and there, not too many people use this feature, but it's kind of cool because we check our email every day. And um, if people do have a question, then what we do is we de-identify it and then post the answer. So you can see it's not really something people use very much, but it certainly could be if anybody has questions that are on their mind that they don't want to bring to the session. Um, then a couple more things. We're working on a resources page for um, just different um, podcasts we like to listen to, different books we like to read, and just kind of, you know, stuff like that. It's more of like a curated thought work type um, list. It's not really ready yet, but that's what will be there. And then what's up doc is actually needs to be updated as well, because this was our curriculum for the whole year. Um, and now we're basically at the end of it. So boom, we're in November now where we want to dream big and find our purpose. And again, I just like to point out, we've got our account at the end of every page, the bottom right-hand corner. So that's that. Um, I'm going to probably stop there and pause. We'll see if anybody has questions so far. If you do, feel free to go into the chat. And if you don't want your name visible, just rename yourself. It's pretty easy to do that. Um, and I'll kind of bounce back and forth to the chat to make sure I don't miss anything. If anybody has any questions that might pop up. All right, so now I'm gonna go back to share screen and then let's talk about the model. So the model is our main coaching tool that we use with this program. It's not the only coaching tool by a long shot, but it's the main coaching tool and it's very powerful and strategic. So we're going to have some beginners here. We have had a little uptick in membership recently. So 
it's very, very exciting that um, this type of work is kind of spreading in the sort of grassroots type movement throughout our community. But um, the model is kind of the backbone of the coaching that we do. And what the model actually is, is this little tool that you can use in your everyday life for self-coaching to help understand what is going on outside of us and then what's going on inside of us. So it starts out with circumstances. Um, circumstances are basically just the facts of what is happening outside of us. And I also like to think of the circumstances as the observable, the observable world. Um, in the coaching that Kelly and I do in our school that we attended for it, they get very particular about what you put in the circumstance line. And they say it should be very factual and something that's provable in a court of law. And I think that's fine and good, but I also don't want to get too bent out of shape about it. Like if it's something that you observe outside of yourself, I think it can go in the circumstance line and we don't really need to get really critical about that. Um, and that's, that's just my opinion. Um, there's so much of someone's lived experience that none of us can know um, what it is to view the world from that person's point of view. And so if it's something that they've observed, I think it belongs up in the sea line. So our circumstances then trigger us to have thoughts. Um, so our thoughts are the sentences in our minds. And thoughts are interesting because a couple things. Number one, our brains are thought machines. Thoughts are coming like a frenzy most of the time. We have somewhere like 60 plus thousand thoughts a day. And it's not that they're like coming neatly in these cute little tidy packages. They are literally coming like vomit. They're coming so hard at us, especially when we're triggered by a circumstance. So the beauty of the model is, is it allows us to just pick one thought at a time and look to see what that thought is actually creating in our own life, because our thoughts then cause us to have feelings. And this is a neurochemical reaction that happens where we have this thought and then the signal gets transduced down the synapses out to the body where you then appreciate sensations that you can identify as a feeling. So a common one would be like anxiety. So our thoughts about whatever then create this feeling of anxiety in the body. And so our feelings then, um, uh, drive our actions. And it's very interesting because most of the time we are either trying to keep a feeling that is good or chase some kind of a feeling that is good, or we're trying to get away from a feeling that is bad. So if you look at, you know, the actions that you take in your life and think about what feeling is driving those actions, pretty much you can kind of like distill it down into these two different categories, like trying to maintain a good feeling or chase a good feeling or escape or resist a negative feeling. Um, another way that we think about feelings and actions is as fuel, like the feelings 
literally fuel our actions. And sometimes thinking about it that way is useful because fuel can be very powerful. And instead of feeling like victimized by something, it's interesting to think about your feelings in terms of like, how can this like literally power something that you want to accomplish in your life? Um, Okay. So then our actions is basically how we show up in the world. And that is what creates our ultimate result. Also, I'd like to point out that it could be an action and inaction or reaction. Reaction. And then our actions are what create our results. And our results will always tie back to the original thought. Um, so what's so fascinating about this is that this circumstance happens outside of us. This is what is in the world. It's what we observe. And then our, our brain wants to make sense out of it. And in order to make sense out of the observable world, you have thoughts, your thoughts, then create feelings in your body, your, your feelings drive your actions and your actions create your results which tie back to the original thought. So if the thought, feeling, action, and result is happening inside of you, that means you have all of your power within that part of the model. And that's where we can go in and look to see, well, what beliefs are fueling this underlying, like what what, um, beliefs are fueling these thoughts? What, What in your life is modifiable if you're not getting a result that you really, really want. So from there, that's kind of the model in an overview. And from there, we talk about the default model or the unintentional thinking that we often have, which is completely human, completely normal and natural to have this default programming. So our default model is often negative. So we are alive. Every single one of us right now is alive because we have this history of hundreds of thousands of years of human beings surviving. And the way that happened was because we were able to scan the environment for negative and learn how to not die. So those negative pathways have been reinforced forever and ever And now we're surgeons who then chose to go into a field where not only is our training based on negative reinforcement, but we're constantly scanning for negative. We're constantly thinking how to avoid a complication or how to look out for something bad happening. So basically our brains are these machines that make sense out of the world by trying to avoid negative things. So of course, we're always looking at things from a negative point of view. It makes perfect sense. And we're all human and it's totally normal to do that. It just can be kind of unpleasant if that's what we're always doing. So with the default model um, or the unintentional model, um, we'll have like this default program. So I will, just make up a model right now um, based on what happened yesterday. So I had 
a few double books in my afternoon um, office hours because I was supposed to do this thing yesterday. So I had a few double books and the last two patients took longer than I planned. And I basically finished up at 536 and I was supposed to start this at five. So basically 20 minutes before five, I was like, oh shit. I mean, I'm thinking I'm gonna let everybody down. And then I'm getting a feeling from that because my default was like, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I screwed up this. Um, I can't believe I screwed up the timing of this. I can't believe I let them overbook. It was just this like barrage of me being the worst person on planet earth because I did this poor planning. So my default model is the circumstances. There are these double books my last two patients took longer and I finished at 536. So at, um, I know that after the fact, but at 20 minutes till when I knew I wasn't going to be done on time, I start having this barrage of thoughts about how terrible of a human being I am because I did this poor planning. And the main thought that bubbled up from the barrage was I'm going to let everybody down. And then I was feeling anxious. And from um, that feeling of anxiousness, I started acting. So basically I started, um, ruminating, like it's the thought loop or the rumination where I'm like beating myself up about being terrible. Um, and then I quickly post because I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I need to alert everybody. So I'm like quickly posting, but the post was not great because I just didn't even have enough time to be doing that. Um, so I quickly posted on Facebook. I reached out to my VA to, for help, and but didn't give her a great message because I'm like literally like so anxious and trying to get this all done fast. So this poor woman's like, you know, driving in her car and has to pull off to the side of the road because I'm like with my messaging toward her. Um, so I reached out to the VA, but didn't give her a clear message. I made some patient, I made two patients wait while I was doing this. And so the, the results were here because I was thinking I'm going to let everybody down. It set off this course of that. I'm like living through where I'm feeling anxious. And then I start beating the crap out of myself and then doing all these things like super in a harried frenetic fashion that isn't even clear. And the result here is that I end up basically like reinforcing the idea that I let everybody down.
And I let myself down because I did not have my own back during that. I was just like beating myself up. And it's all because I was thinking that way. Now, that's the unintentional model. That's just the human way to think about things. And it's what we all do. There, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just not useful. Um, so with practice, what we want to do is then figure out, okay, like you can recognize that's just the default programming, but now recognize too, like what is kind of underlying all of that. And of course, for me, the underlying thing under that is people aren't going to like me. So a lot of the underlying beliefs that kind of lead to these default thoughts kind of boil down to a, like some final common pathways. And one is I'm not worthy. And one is people won't like me. It's like this sense of not being accepted, which is kind of related to unworthiness, but um, is a little bit different. So a lot of our underlying beliefs that fuel our default thoughts boil down to just not feeling worthy and, or not thinking that you're worthy and then not thinking, um, people will like you or accept you. So that's the default model. And then what we want to try to practice to get toward is something called an intentional model that we think on purpose. And I'm going to put that over here because getting from point A to point B can actually be kind of hard sometimes. So I went on with this thinking for quite a while last night. Actually, it took me a couple of hours to kind of settle down. And I want to point that out too, because we're all humans here. I've been practicing this stuff for a couple of years and it still is a human, it's human nature to want to kind of go back to that default programming. It does get easier. It does get, um, it does get kind of more automatic and more habitual, but there's something really important that I think really should not be neglected. And that is the fact that when you're in chronic stress and when you are in sort of some kind of trauma response, like fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, your default programming, which comes from a lower part of your brain is the thing that's online because your brain's really just trying to keep you safe in some twisted way. And the more intentional thinking, which is, I'm going to get to that with this intentional model, like those pathways, they're just like not online. It's like not having your computer plugged in. So that's why it can take a couple of hours. And that's what happened to me. I needed to regulate myself to get myself to calm down first before then I was able to access the prefrontal cortex in an order to get an intentional model going. So um, I eventually got there and I just regulated myself by doing breathing, which is my go-to. And then I cooked dinner. I just did like a completely separate thing where I was kind of doing these rhythmic chopping type things and just got my nervous system to calm down. Anyway, so the intentional model is we keep the C the same. Um, now, there's nothing wrong with changing the circumstance, but if you change the circumstance without looking at what the model is and what it's creating for you, you just take yourself as the same human into a different circumstance. And the idea is, is that we're 
kind of constantly evolving as humans, becoming kind of truer versions of ourselves, or some people say the best version of yourself. Um, I like to think of the truest version of yourself. If you, if you just change your circumstance all the time, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just doesn't afford you the opportunity to kind of look deeper and, and kind of learn about yourself. Okay, so back to the intentional model. I'm going to keep the C the same and rewrite here that I had a few double books. The last two patients took longer, et cetera. And so later on in the evening, when I was a little bit calmer, I was able to say to myself, I'm a human. They're all humans. We're all human. Everybody understands. Everybody's been there where their clinic's just been out of control. I was not able to see that at the time, but after I was regulated, I was like, okay, you know, people will understand. And I was able to believe that and kind of, kind of step into that, um, more intentional thinking. But the thing that really helped the most was everybody's been there. And when I was thinking that thought, everybody's been there, I felt calm. And when I felt calm, I was able to kind of move through the rest of the night without beating the shit out of myself. And then the result was, I just reinforced the idea, everybody's been there. But more importantly, I can be there for myself. Like it's a different there, but like I can be there in tune with myself and not really make myself the enemy. It's like really strengthen my relationship with myself. And I like to call that having your own back. So that's just a brief example of how, you know, we have these unintentional models going on all the time. By the way, we usually have more than one because there's more than one thought happening. And getting from point A to point B, as I mentioned, can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes not. And we call this in-between the river of misery. So particularly if you're working on something in your life that, you know, you have an intentional model that you don't believe and you're thinking you're going to be able to get there someday, but you just don't believe it right now, that river of misery, we can kind of build a pathway by using lateral thoughts or by using ladder thoughts. So we can kind of make a sideways move where we can basically say, like, I'll just use an example, like, I'm going to let everybody down. I can say it's possible I won't let everybody down. So if I'm having a hard time believing something, like everybody's been there, then I would just say, well, it's possible I'm not going to let everybody down. Because just even that kind of lessens the, the heaviness of I'm going to let everybody down. So that's an example of like a, a bridging thought. And then a ladder thought is where you actually kind of take a step toward your intentional thought, where it would be something along the lines of, um, 
let me think. It's like, I probably won't let everybody down or it's probably going to be okay. Something along those lines. It's like a step toward that believable intentional thought, but you're just not quite ready to get to that really intentional thought. So I'm hoping that's making sense. Um, that's, I'm going to pause there. Um, I'm going to go back to the chat now and see if anybody has any questions that have come up so far. Let's see, stop share. Okay. I don't see any questions in the chat. Um, any questions at all on what the model is and how we use it? Okay. Now, if I go back to the share screen, it, I might have lost our whiteboard. Let's see. Oh, cool. I better hit the save button. So just to review, the circumstances are the facts of our lives or the observable world. Our brain's main job is to keep us safe and to make sense of the universe. So we're constantly producing stories and narratives and thoughts to make sense of everything going on around outside of us. All of those thoughts are 100% optional and they may feel like a true fact, but, but they're all really optional. And our thoughts will then trigger ourselves to have feelings. Our feelings will drive us to act in a certain way. Our actions will then create our results, which then tie back to the original thought. This is really good news because we have control over our thoughts, feelings, actions, and results. And I know for people who are just starting out with this, it doesn't seem like we have control over those things, but with practice, you can really notice even, even looking back on previous times in your life where you got a result that you really wanted, you can trace it back. Like, well, what did I do to achieve that result? Okay. Well, what was I feeling that helped me act in that way and do those things? Oh, okay. Well, what thought was then creating that feeling? And I can think back to, you know, wanting to go to medical school and become an orthopedic surgeon like it was as good as done in my mind since I was like 17. There was nothing else I considered at that point. It was as good as done. And even when kind of roadblocks came up, I didn't even care because I knew it was as good as done. And so that feeling, like I didn't recognize it at the time that that was the feeling or the, excuse me, the thought that was driving all of my life, but it really was. And I can recognize that now looking back, it was as good as done. I felt determined. I was never, ever deterred. It was always this feeling of determination. And so no matter what happened, I just kept going. I was like a freaking plow through a thick, thick, muddy field. I just plowed through everything that came my way. And then of course the result was, is that I did it. So, um, you can, when you're getting started, you can even look back at times in your life where you can see how your thought, you know, created this feeling in your body and that feeling then drove your action. The actions then kind of accumulated with this result, which then tied back to your thought. It doesn't tie back to the circumstance as much as we want it to, or think that it does. It's only triggered by the circumstance, but it's not 
the, the power doesn't come there. The power comes from the thought. Um, all right. So I have been going on for about a half an hour now. Let me see if anybody wants coaching. All right. Anybody have anything they'd like to be coached on today? And if you want, you can raise your hand or you can put something in the chat. And if you don't want coaching, that's okay too. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Speaking of which, I'll just keep talking until somebody volunteers or until the hour runs up. We as surgeons are very goal-oriented people. We're very strategic. We're very perfectionist oriented. And this coaching is not designed to be one more thing on our to-do list or one more thing we're not going to do well enough or one more thing we're going to beat ourselves up over. This is designed to help give you relief. This is designed to help you dissect what is actually going on in your life so you can see it clearly and you can feel then like you're driving the car and not the passenger. It's really not intended to be one more thing that's going to make you feel bad. And if it is, something isn't right. We really want to know if that's how you feel because we can help you. Um, the other thing I'd like to point out is that we, not only that we're wired for negative bias, but our training often was a pretty traumatic experience. And so I think it's important to consider how stress, trauma, being caregivers all the time, being with other human beings when they're going through the worst times of their lives, how that impacts our bodies, how that impacts our nervous system. I mean, think about how much and how often we're bathed in cortisol and epinephrine and how those hormones are just kind of like going constantly. So we deserve a little bit of compassion and a little bit of grace when it comes to these things, because just thinking you're going to jump from this default programming over to this intentional thinking and like think positive thoughts or think things on purpose can become a little bit like gaslighting in a sense. It's like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just think positively? Why can't I just do the intentional model? Like why, why, what's wrong with me? This is all my fault. This is my problem. When you are constantly stressed and constantly traumatized and constantly witnessing other people's trauma, your body just can't do it. Your brain is not allowing you to do it. And so that's where we can kind of build in a little bit of that self-care to really regulate the nervous system. Um, those things can come in the form of like any regular rhythmic movement, meditation, prayer, singing, humming, exercising, speaking to loved ones, speaking to friends, um, all that kind of thing. Okay, we have somebody who has raised her hand. Wonderful. Let me rename you. And let me allow you to talk now. Okie dokie. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you? Well, thanks. Thank you for raising so, 
What can we talk about? Um, so I've had an exciting situation in the last two weeks. Um, was very stressful mm-hmm. and is now exciting. So I'm not totally sure where to go with this with coaching, but I think it's going to lead somewhere that will probably help me and might help other people. So yay, let's hear about it. Um, so we've talked about this in some past coaching mm-hmm. of my job, um, kind of has two parts to it. Um, one being like ACS type job and then one more, um, just elective general surgery, but also call and other things. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like I was getting totally beat and kind of the short end of the stick on both sides and not seeing the benefit of either side. Yeah. Um, so it's been stressing me out for months and months. And I noticed myself keep talking to people either at coaching or mentors or friends. Mm-hmm. And I realized I was just waiting for someone to essentially almost give me approval yeah. <laughs> that I wasn't crazy and I needed to make a change. Right. Um, so I took a page out of your book, actually. Um, Yay! Let's sit down and design what job sounds good to me and see how it could benefit the hospital. Mm-hmm. And so I did that and I actually proposed it to our CMO and our COO yesterday and it went really well. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Um, But as I was, this is probably the part that might have some coaching come out of it. Yeah. Um, The couple days leading into it, I was super stressed and Mm -hmm. making myself really anxious unnecessarily. And I didn't even quite realize that it was unnecessary until I was talking to one of my partners. um, And he said, you know, this person that you're stressing about talking to is a totally straight shooter. I don't think this is going to be as difficult of a negotiation as you think. Mm-hmm. And you'll give your thoughts and they'll say what they need. And, you know, either that's something you can do or that's something you can't do. And yeah. that really got me to kind of calm down and rethink a little bit, still very anxious. Um, and now that it's, kind of been proposed, I guess I'm less anxious now, but I do see myself probably in the next few weeks as I'm waiting to hear kind of approval and contracts and stuff like that about it. Um, I could see myself kind of having the anxiety come up again. Yeah. I think that's excellent to coach on. And, um, isn't it so fascinating how your partner can look at something in a, like a less dramatic way? Of course, the, like your partner's not in it. So it's easier to mm-hmm. be kind of objective. So, I mean, in all fairness, when, when you're like personally involved, I feel like it's a little easier to get anxious, but, um, it just goes to show how so many people think differently about, one thing. And that can help prove how these thoughts are optional. Cause it's like, well, he has a totally different thought. He or she has a totally different thought about it than you do. Um, okay. Let me see if we can get a new whiteboard or clear, clear all my drawings. So do you think it's the waiting part 
like when do you have a, um, a date when they're going to get back to you or what's the plan? Nope. Uh, they, the COO was going to talk to one of the VPs, I guess, because one of our, um, like the director of the medical group is out of town this week. Mm-hmm. And that was actually who I was nervous about talking to. So they're just kind of bypassing him and going to a VP, it sounded like, um, okay. and going to start looking at redrafting the portion of my contract that needs to be changed. Um, okay. So there's not really a date. It was just kind of, let me know what you need from me. And the date was like, we're going to set a goal of January to implement this. Okay. So we'll say tentative, tentative, tentative implementation, January. So when you think about that, like this, so basically the ball's in their court and the COO is going to go talk to the VP and there's this tentative implementation for January. So when you think about it and those, like that as the circumstance, how do you think what, what comes up for you? Um, I mean, my initial reaction is nervousness. I guess that's a, that's a feeling. That's okay. It's Um, good. It's good that you can identify that. So what do you think is your thinking that's causing you to feel nervous? Like it's going to fall through or what do you think it is? Um, Maybe, uh, yeah, I, I think, I guess so. That's probably the best I can come up with right now. I feel like I've coached myself <laughs> on this about yeah. getting myself out of that thought and focusing on the positive and that they liked it, mm-hmm. that I'm almost having a hard time circling back, <laughs> which is a good problem. Yeah, it is. And of course you're a human being. And so that's just kind of like normal, right. To kind of be like super excited about it. But then also we have this reality check going on all the time. I mean, you do have a human brain after all. So it's It's like, it's not definite. Like, you know, I'm super excited. And then it's like, Oh, but you know, it's not definite. Don't, you know, count the eggs before they hatch. Exactly. So This is super important because so often in life, we're dealing with stuff like this where, um, you know, (laughs) I don't know if this applies to you, but I also have kind of like gotten a little superstitious where I'll even think to myself, like, if I, you know, do X, Y, or Z, then like, of course I'm going to protect myself against this sort of thing. Like, or I'll think if I don't think negatively about it, if I start to get my hopes up, then that's, that's going to be the thing that actually makes the thing fall through. Cause I have all kinds of magical thinking. I just think it's like all part of our silly human brains that are just trying to like, it doesn't feel safe to be in limbo. And so I think your human brain just like wants to make sense out of it. And it's way easier to believe a negative thing than it is to believe a positive thing. So it doesn't have to do as much work anyway. So let's just play with this. It's, we'll just use this thought. It's going to fall through and you feel nervous. And so then what do you do when you feel nervous? Um, 
kind of dwell on it. Yeah. And when you're dwelling, that's basically a thought loop probably. So what are you thinking yeah. during the dwelling? Um, kind of like, essentially I go, oh, well, if it falls through, then I'm stuck where I am. And I've been very unhappy and stressed, not necessarily, not totally unhappy, but overly stressed of where I would like to be in my life. And with some other changes that are coming, it's the stress is just going to compound and it's not right. Okay. So I'm going to call that invent the future. Yes. Because uh, I'm good at that. (laughs) Super good. Right. Like we're always inventing this future. We're always making shit up. And it's like, (laughs) well, of course it's going to fall through. And of course I'm going to be way more stressed and then all this other stuff's not going to happen. And I'm not going to be able to handle, I'm going to hate this and blah, 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 blah. And so the result ends up being like, you're literally living. You you're like living as if it fell through and you're already in the shitty future. Like you're already having like the shitty experience as if it's already happening. Yeah. So you're kind of preventing yourself from enjoying the moment. That's exactly right. Like what you're living now, actually, you're just like living in this thing that hasn't even happened yet because you're just making it happen in your brain. Um, that's totally normal. Totally, totally, totally normal. We're always either like, worried about something that already happened or worried about something that's going to happen. Or it's like, we're ruminating about something that already happened or like inventing something that hasn't happened, but that really does rob us of kind of just living, like just living now. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, so you said you've already been doing your self-coaching. So like what's working for you, um, with, you know, now, because if you're doing your self-coaching that tells me you're probably, you've probably got some kind of intentional thing going. Yeah. So, um, the thought is kind of like, again, this is actually going to go to the feeling first before the thought. That's okay. Being very proud of taking control and um, reaching for what I want and not just waiting for someone to offer me something better or different. That's right. So what thought do you think is creating that feeling of proud? Uh, I guess the, like the thought of I took action Yes. And I think too, it's like, I've got my own back. This is my favorite thing ever, ever. And so I like force it on people. So if that doesn't resonate for you, then I'll take it off. But I think so much of, um, kind of the coaching journey ends up being discovering this relationship you have with yourself and understanding that you're a worthy human being period. Like there's nothing you have to do to earn it. There's, there's nobody you have to please. You don't need anybody's permission to live and breathe and exist. And 
you can do whatever the fuck you want, like literally. And so like when we kind of step into that relationship and we actually care about ourselves to the degree that we have our own back, it's like, yeah, man, I take action. I'm not going to sit around and be stressed all the time. That's nonsense. I'm going to go after this. Anyway, so I took action and of course you're proud. And when you're proud, what do you do? Uh, I'm just going to say, don't dwell. (laughs) Yeah. Celebrate. (laughs) Right. Celebrate. And then you, what do what is your result? Do you think? Smiling and enjoying the day. Yes. (laughs) You, you're able to enjoy um, the day. It's like create the, the lived experience is joyful and you're living now in the moment. Um, so when we're going through stuff like this, our brains are going to want to drift back here, which is fine. That's just what they want to do. It's like, imagine a dark stage. And then the one spotlight that comes down onto the one, you know, the one actor on the stage. And so the, everything else on stage is still dark, even though there's a lot going on on stage, you can just see the one thing. So if you have this intentional model already, and it's already something that like you are really living in at times, it can become this simple shift of just like taking that spotlight and redirecting it to this other, this other part of the stage. And then the rest of the stage goes black. It's just like shifting the spotlight. And once you have your attention shifted, your brain is always wanting to reinforce with more and more evidence. So if we keep the spotlight over here, um, you'll just find more and more evidence to support that thought. And then the experience becomes more and more uncomfortable and unpleasant. But if you are able to just shift over to the intentional side, then that'll be more time you spend living in that moment, living in the joy, and then finding more evidence for it. So it's kind of like sharing air, like airspace between the constant negative news and then like happy things that give you a little reprieve. So I think this is a really great one to talk about and that will be helpful for people who are working through similar things. Um, Is there anything else about it that's like bugging you or anything that, you know, you're wanting to learn about yourself through the process or anything else that's coming up for you? I mean, I guess the, my, my other thought about it is like (laughs) trying to stay positive in the next few months as I'm like still working in the system that is not as conducive or happy for me, I guess. Um, and trying to, I guess, take advantage of that and not just like beat myself up about it because it hasn't switched yet. Right. So how to enjoy, um, you know, kind of like these days of, you know, whatever, like November to January. Yeah. So work as usual, we'll put in the C line from November, November to January. 
And so what thought comes up for you there? Anything? Oh. Life is still going to be screwed up. <laughs> and when you think that thought, how do you feel? Um, mainly anxious. I know that's the same one as before, but that's okay. It's super common. And then when you're feeling anxious about work, what do you do? I just, I keep, I, I literally think about every detail uh, that could go wrong of I'm on call the night before a doctor's appointment that I have to be at. And, you know, I've already ran through the scenario of the free air that comes in at 6.50 a.m. before call-ins mm -hmm. at 7. Invent futures. <laughs> I do this too. I'm like super, super good at it. Um, right. So it's like a lot of that internal kind of like angst that's just mm -hmm. piling on just, it just piles on that sense of dread and just tension and all of that stuff. So basically life, you like live life screwed up. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Again, totally normal. Now, what would you how would you want to feel during these? So it's like, it's really easy for you to come up with feelings, which is like a super blessing for a surgeon. Cause many, many surgeons like don't know what they feel. So how would you want to feel for the next couple months? Like in a per, like in, in, if you could like, wave your magic wand. It's like excited about the future. Okay. What would you need to think to feel excited? What would you need to think about work specifically? Like it won't always be like this. Change is coming. That's one option. But what if change doesn't come? I mean, that Try would not work. Think about that. <laughs> yeah. So change is coming. But I just want to kind of draw your attention back to your intentional model. Like you took action. You did it. Like you wrote out your ideal job. You went after it. You talked to your mentors. You talked to your partners. You met with the COO for crying out loud with a plan. Like that's all very strategic and tactical stuff that you did there. And all of those actions were driven by a feeling. I wonder what that feeling was. Can you remember what was driving you to do all of that? I mean, the drive came from wanting to be able to like actually know I would make it home for dinner. So. So you had like a strong but, desire. So there was like some sort of a desire there. Okay. Right. Yeah. Like if you were feeling mm -hmm. like desire and um, it sounds like you were determined, maybe motivated. Is any, like, does any of that motivated? Of, is very good. Yes. Motivated. Okay. And so what do you think you were thinking? Like, 
I'm going to figure out a way to get home for dinner. Is that fair? That's very fair. It so doesn't I'm, seem like getting home for dinner should be that difficult, but it can be. Well, for us, it for sure is, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> for sure. So you're like, God damn it, I'm going to get home for dinner. And so you're motivated. And then you do all these things and you have this plan that you present that's received. And there's like a plan in motion to even change up your job. So like what I'm trying to tell you is, is that you did something outside of your comfort zone. It sounds like you did all this work to make this plan and like put this ball in motion. You already did all of that. So work from November to January is like nothing. There's nothing you can't handle. Like you can, you already did take action. It's like, well, okay. It doesn't really matter what happens because I already know that I can change my situation if I need to. I already know like if this is, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like you've already, you have the proof you already did it. Anyway, I wanted to point that out and offer that to you as a potential um, go-to if you're kind of getting nervous during the November to January, like things are so sucky and blah, 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 blah. Well, no, you don't have to worry about that because you already know how to handle it. You already know how to handle the job as it is. You already know how to handle like changing things up. And it's like, no problem. I've got it. I've got this. That's helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So just to round it out, we have one more minute. When you feel excited, my guess is that you don't think about every detail that can go wrong. I mean, maybe you do, but maybe they just don't like land so heavy and invent the future. Anything else you can think of you would do if you were excited? Essentially, I'm, I'm essentially just not dwelling and like enjoying other aspects of like actually enjoying my job when yeah. I'm there. Exactly. I'm sure there are parts of it that you do enjoy. Very much. <laughs> right. So then it's like you can actually see them and recognize them. It's like, again, just shifting the focus and finding the evidence. It's like we can't even see that stuff when we're kind of over on the other thing, a dwelling on all the things that can go wrong. It's like it's not even available mm -hmm. to us to see it. Anywho, so then, then it reinforces like your result is like, yes, change is coming change is coming and it doesn't even matter because I, I can handle anything. And I have my own back. Anywho. Thank you. That Thank takes you. us to six o'clock. How awesome. I'm so glad you shared that for our people. Thank you so much. Okay. You're my welcome. friend. Thank you so much. Yeah. My pleasure. We'll catch you on the flip side. Everybody have a good night.